The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent comes from Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, you strove with Satan and you won. Your faithfulness endured. Lend us your nerve, your skill, and trust. In God's eternal word, amen. Now you have all heard that what is going on can clearly be seen as an invasion by one side. And on the other hand, the one considered to be the invader says, no, 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 this was mine. And it is going to be mine again. And with that, you have a battle. 
One just invaded where the other had control. Now, it sounds like it could be ripped from the headlines. It is actually our gospel reading for this morning from Luke chapter 4. Jesus had been baptized in the Jordan River. He had been declared by the Father to be the beloved Son. The Holy Spirit had come down upon him in the form of a dove. And from there, he is led in the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And I think it's hardly a coincidence that it is back to back like that. Now, Satan knows something is up. He knows that Jesus isn't just here to look around. Jesus is not a tourist. And as the gospel goes on, it becomes clearer and clearer what Jesus is about to do. He sends demons packing. He talks about binding the strong man, taking over his palace, clearing it out, plundering it of his stuff. And that is invasive. So Satan steps in here at the beginning to see if he can redirect Jesus, put him on some other mission, some other track that the Father had not given him. And so Satan begins with what worked in the beginning. The serpent had tricked Eve by eating, so Satan is going to try that route. Jesus had fasted for 40 days, so if you can imagine not eating all the way until Easter. That's uh, the amount of time we're talking about. And it says, he is hungry. So Satan says, why don't you just eat? Why don't you turn this rock into food? And we think, well, what could be wrong with that? We don't see how consuming things could be bad for us. Much of our lives, our economy, is based around consumption. And when you think that way, look. See how much you think like Adam and Eve. See how you already know the story. You still have a hard time with that temptation. You know that Adam and Eve brought death into the world by consuming what Satan tells them to consume. He tells them, no, 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 it won't hurt. He tells them, this will be better for you. And they go ahead and eat disregarding the word of God. When the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years and when they hadn't eaten as much as they wanted or they didn't have all the different condiments that they wanted, they tell Moses, we would rather go back to Egypt. We would rather go back to slavery. We would rather do that than sit here and not be able to consume everything we want, just like all of the other people out there. So that temptation comes multiple times. See here that Jesus sees through it. He sees this as a temptation concerning where life comes from. Does it come from what we consume? Does it come from what we can get our hands on either because we work and pay money for it or we can get it in some other way? Do we get life that way? Or does God give it out freely? And he could support us even when we aren't filling our stomachs, even when we aren't filling our minds with all that the world has on offer. You see that we are tempted to see that we're missing out. Everybody else is enjoying those kind of things. Everyone else is living a full life. But see also that Jesus turns it back to the word of God. Turns us back to the one who gives life. 
And Jesus does so by quoting from Deuteronomy, a book that probably many of us don't read all that often. It is a book that occurs 40 years after the exodus from Egypt. And during those 40 years, a generation had passed away, specifically because they had refused to listen to the word of the Lord. They yearned for things that they used to have when they were slaves. This was a generation that refused to enter the promised land because it looked like certain death to them to enter with only God on your side. The second temptation has to do with whose side we are on. Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, says, you know what, you can be in charge. Simply bow the knee to me. Simply bow your knee to someone who is not the Father. And again, we might hear that and we think, well, that can't be that big of a deal, can it? Couldn't we straighten things out in the world if we were in charge? And after we straightened everything out, couldn't we then go back to God after we'd put things right? I'll just go out on a limb and say that many of the problems in this fallen world are a bit more complicated than we could sort out, even if we had that kind of authority. But as regards the second part, recognize that there are many people who have sat in those pews and they have left for a variety of reasons. And many of them have not found their way back. Not all prodigals return to their father's house. The last temptation has to do with a twisting of the idea about whose side God is on. And if he loves us, why can't we do whatever we want, even if it's reckless? He'll just send some angels to intervene. You already heard, Jesus is the beloved son of the Father. And ask yourself, does the Father do that for him? We're not talking about stubbing a toe or striking your foot against a stone. We are talking about being crucified by Roman soldiers. We're talking about being mocked by the religious authorities as that goes on. And Jesus dies. No angel steps in. And so as you hear this reading again, we hear it every Lent. But recognize you have one side that is very persuasive. You could even say they are persuasive as hell. And the other side simply tells the truth. So as you hear it again, be on guard. See how well the devil sounds when he is making his pitch. And know that you are not immune to it. At times, to you it probably sounds better than God's way. But also see in this gospel reading the good news. Because the good news is that Jesus did not fall for it. It's the greatest part about the reading because we have seen others fall over and over again, both in the scriptures and in our own lives. We talked about Adam and Eve and how they fell for it. We talked about the Israelites and how they fell for it. You could talk about King David, King Solomon. All of these people fell for it. You know that you have friends and neighbors. You know that you have fallen for it before. But this reading ends, and the whole gospel ends, the whole Bible ends, with Jesus being triumphant and the devil leaving. 
In other words, the invasion will continue. Jesus is not going to retreat. In fact, he is invading to spread his kingdom far and wide. Jesus will spread it so wide that there's nowhere for you to run. There is no getting around him. Of his throne, there will be no end. And so see that where his word goes, there Jesus is. See that where his body and blood are, there Jesus is. There's no more trekking to the promised land. Jesus brings the promised land to us. He comes to be our king, and in him we have life. Now you hear that yet again. I know soon you will go out into the world, and there the temptations will begin again. If you really are a child of God, and the list will begin anew. Do not listen to those temptations. Listen instead to the word of God and live from that word because it is a word that claims you as God's own. No matter what the world may do, no matter what the world may tempt you with, tempt you with no matter how they may mock you, it is the word of the Lord that stands forever. Amen.